When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing. Buy boxers and four boxers. Producing high quality boxing gloves, boxing equipment, mutai, kit boxing, all sorts of fantastic boxing products. And I just want to bring your attention to a new product which has been brought out by Bear Attack Boxing, which is the checkerboard boxing gloves. They are available in 12 ounce and for the price of only £39. The new checkerboard gloves are the ideal training glove for a beginner or a seasoned pro. With the lightweight feel and wrist flexibility, you can freely fire your shots while still having the hand and wrist protection that you need. Whether it's training on the pads or it's on the heavy bag, Make sure you're training with checkerboard gloves. Go over and find them, bearattackboxing.co.uk. Find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Check out all the other available equipment that they produce. And again, you can find them, www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Yeah, I'm not stopping here. Talks about me not being at level. No man has been able to beat me. He doesn't talk about the little magical potion. I went to give him some special powers. There's no shortcuts to the top. Honest, hard, rap. Critics said we can't. He's not good enough. He's up the wrong way. He said the same with Carl Frampton. English, British, Commonwealth, European, international, world titles. 
road to unification starts here. I believe I'm better than in every single department. On 2 15, he's going to be brutal. He's going to be walking to a perfect. I'm not in this game to make friends. Barry, he's getting an idea. Fans to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast, and this is your preview for the IBF Featherweight Championship of the World between Josh Warrington and Gid Galahad coming up this Saturday night. It's live, it's on BT Sport. Really looking forward to this fight, it's going to be a great fight to get your teeth into this weekend. But before we get into this preview episode, I just want to tell you guys to go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well. And before you start listening to this episode, please go and find us on any of the podcasting apps out there. Apple Podcasts is the main one, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify. Just do one thing for me today. Once you've listened to the episode, go and click on subscribe. When you've done that, leave us a rating or leave us a review or leave us a comment about the episode that you're listening to. Let us know what you like about it, what you're enjoying about it. Please do that. So here we go. We're going for Warrington versus Galahad. Johnston Brown's on the phone with me to discuss this one. Johnston, initial thoughts on this fight this weekend? Yeah, no, uh, really looking forward to this fight, actually. I've been looking forward to it for a long time, man. Uh, Kid Galahad, Josh Warrington. Um, it's, it's a really tasty encounter. Um, so yeah, just just really looking forward to to finally watch this fight and see how it pans out. So as always in the big fight previews, what we do, we go through the careers as of recent times, talk about where they're at in their careers going into this fight, and then we'll give a little bit of a breakdown of how we how we think they're going to win this fight, in particular both men. So like a keys to victory situation, and then we'll give our predictions at the end and let the listeners know what we think is going to happen. Uh, don't obviously hold us to that. Don't go betting money on, on, on this fight. Don't go putting your house on it. Uh, subject to disclaimer. But, of course, we'll give our predictions on it and touch a little bit on the undercard, which has got a couple of tasty fights on there as well so just starting with Warrington then really I think uh, for me he's obviously the IBF featherweight champion at present he, he beat Lee Sell before it great first defence against Carl Frampton very tough first defence against Carl Frampton and I've watched Josh Warrington for, for quite a number of years now and I've watched him progress and I've heard all the critics say he's never going to be anything but an average fighter he's never going to get past a certain level but yet every time he fights uh, a fighter at a different level he seems to f- fight to, to to their level, he seems to get up for them bigger fights and just perform out of his skin. And and all of a sudden, we're sat here talking about him as one of the best featherweights in the world. Oh, absolutely! Uh, Josh has, has really impressed me recently. Uh, he actually got my domestic fight of the year last year for his two performances, uh, obviously against Lee Selby and Cole Frampton. But um, he really has impressed me, and and a lot of others, uh, as you mentioned rightly so, is no one really expected him to to get this far. Um, and sort of every time he gets to the next point, you sort of think, well, that's it. And then he, and he goes and proves us wrong again. And he will go and produce another fine performance. And, and especially, I mean, especially the Lee Selby and, and the Cole Frampton fighters. I will openly say that I had Lee Selby winning that fight in my head. I thought he would win it. And the same with Carl. Um, I just thought that they were a level above Josh Warrington. And, and he, he's just one of those fighters that, you know, he's a people's man. He, he goes and sells his own tickets. 
Um, so the, the fans relate to him, and it's just it's just not just that as a person, but in the boxing ring, he's really proved himself to be the lead warrior. He has, and I, you know, I, I I feel like I said I followed him for a long time, and I've really watched him progress throughout his career, and I've really enjoyed his all action style. He 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 does remind me of Ricky Hatton when he fought. He reminds me of the same style, ferocious, doesn't take a step back, you know, gets on the inside, throws shots to the body. He's not the most concussive of punches. It's evident by his record and, and the fights we've seen him in. However, he grinds his opponents down. He breaks the heart. He breaks the spirit. And eventually, it just seems like he's got this this, this aura about him where he, he obviously feels like... I won't say he thinks he feels invincible, but the impression I'm getting from him as of late and in the build-up for this particular fight is that he's starting to, to, to realise how good he is, but... As, detect a little bit of sense of arrogance towards that as well i feel like he's been a bit arrogant in the build-up to this particular fight with galahad he's like kind of dismissing galahad as a as, as an opponent although galahad's not fought anybody at the same level as josh warrington as yet and we'll come on to that later but i feel worried i detect this arrogance aura from warrington and that's the part of it recently i've not really i've not really liked it feels a bit out of character i don't know what your thoughts are on that but that's how it feels to me oh, I, I think for me for, for the, to see the best josh warrington we need he needs to be the underdog i mean that's probably why this fight all of a sudden becomes a little bit more even it probably should be um I, I, he thrives off of that that underdog status, you know, going into most of his fights. I mean, even even the Kiko Martinez fight, which is four fights before the, the, the main last two. Um, I still I watched that fight live, and, and I felt personally that Kiko had probably just nicked it. That was my honest opinion. So that was where, although he he put in a good performance, I just felt that if if he couldn't quite beat Kiko. Martinez quite as comfortably as the other guys did, then obviously he just wasn't good enough. So that was my my thoughts behind when he fought Lee Selby, for instance. I just thought Lee Selby was going to be too skillful and too tricky for him. But he had that that underdog status. So people completely wrote him off and thought, there's no way he's going to beat Lee. There's no way he's going to beat Cole. And he proved us wrong. So this is where it gets interesting. And this is what exactly what you're saying, where he's almost dismissed Galahad, which is dangerous. Because if you actually remove Carl Frampton and Lee Selby from his list, you actually start for maybe 2017, then there really isn't nothing between them in terms of their opponents. So, you know, he's had a fantastic year last year, but he doesn't want to go and mess that up by coming in too overconfident because, in actual fact, that could hinder his chances going forward in his fight. With Warrington, for me, uh, he's had a great apprenticeship leading up to his IBF world title shot against Lee Selby. He's fought a lot of mutual opponents of Selby and, and Frampton, the likes of Martin as you said, Patrick Highland, Joel Brunkner, he was another opponent there on that list of, of fighters. He fought Rendell Monroe in 2014, so he'd, he'd had a great apprenticeship going into the IBF world title fight against Selby, and as you said, nobody expected that to happen in the fight with Selby, the way he broke Selby down and, and, and seemingly systematically beat him, and Obviously, there was excuses after the fight of Selby was dead at the way, and and obviously that you know that's true. He's moved up now, but still, the the, the skill of Lee Selby as a fighter, you was expecting him to go in there and 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 outbox Josh Warrington. And what a lot of people and a lot of critics were saying is that he's too skillful. He's the Welsh Mayweather. Is this? Is that? He's going to go in there and do a number on him, and he just didn't do that. He just he just seemed to be broken down systematically. And the Frampton fight was 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 just as good because Frampton we know was going to come forward. He was going to come 
come and fight. But as soon as Josh Warrington implored uh, and imposed himself on Carl Frampton and hurt, actually hurt Frampton early on in that fight, that's when respect was commanded from from Warrington. Frampton then seemed to sort of step back a little bit from from his normal style, and then then people come out with excuses like, "Well, Frampton's you know he's on the slide, he's getting past it." The, the same old excuses you hear when someone takes a defeat, basically. But Frampton, for me, had been in fights with Leo Santa Cruz. He'd beat Santa Cruz. He'd lost to Santa Cruz. He's been in with world-class opposition himself. So you can't sit there and, and, and automatically say Frampton's on the slide just because Josh Warrington is that level what people didn't think he was ever going to get to. So I, I do genuinely believe Josh Warrington, for me, is is one of the best featherweights in the world at this moment in time. And this fight with Kid Galahad is, is one that I hope he hasn't taken lightly because, as you rightly pointed out, Kid Galahad has been waiting and waiting for an opportunity to get his shot at world title. And now he's come. Of course he's going to take this with both hands. I'm expecting to see the best Kid Galahad on the night. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it is just a matter of... No matter with what Josh's attitude is going to be like, I hope we see the Josh Warrington we've seen in the previous two and two fights. Uh, I mean, I keep going back to those two because they were just. I mean, I, as I say, I just, I come, in a way, I completely wrote him off. I didn't. I, I thought Lee Selby, as you said, I mean, he's he just had the skill. He had he had this ability to be able to keep him off. That's what I thought. But with with Josh, what, what he shows is is just this unbelievable heart. And he's got, he's got the one thing. He's got a tough chin. The guy can take a shot, and he will keep coming. Um, no matter, sort of, you know, when you think about Cole Frampton, for instance, I, I just expected that Cole was going to hurt him at some point, and then he would back off, but he didn't. He was totally on Frampton from the first bell, and even Cole said he, as you've already mentioned, he's not a concussive puncher anyway. When you look at his stats, but even Cole said he's one of the hardest punchers he's fought because of the amount of punches that he throws. And he completely disregarded his power. And yes, you can look at it, you can look at it and say, yeah, he hasn't got that one punch power. But when someone's peppering you with shot after shot and they're constantly walking you down and you're throwing your best and they keep coming back at you, it breaks your heart. And that's what he does. And that's what he's done so well. So I'm expecting him to do that. Again, whether Kid Galahad is able to, 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 to keep him off, it remains to be seen. If Lee Selby can't do it, I can't see Kigalad doing it, but it just depends on the frame of mind that Josh Warrington is in when, he's, when, he, when he gets into that ring. So let's talk a little bit about Kid Galahad, Barry Owad. Let's talk about what his career has held for him. He's been one of the great featherweight prospects for, for quite a long time now. Obviously, he started his career out at Super Bantamweight and eventually moved up to, to, to the featherweight division but we're going to talk a little bit about his career at Super Bantamweight because I think he had a great career at Super Bantamweight up until the point where we had the issues with the failed drugs test which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes but he fought the likes of Jason Booth he'd beaten Josh Whale he'd beaten Jazza Dickens you know all in the space of 12 months they were fantastic wins for him back in 2012-2013 and he really looked like a fantastic prospect at this point and then he started to move up in levels he started to go for for the Commonwealth title for the European title at Super Bantamweight which he did successfully win uh, and then he went for an IBF youth Super Bantamweight title in 2014 and then 2015 comes around and this is where we get the issue with the drugs test. He has a failed drug test. It was uh, Stanzo, Stanzo, I think it was called. It's an anabolic steroid, basically. Uh, he failed a drugs test for that in 2015. Banned 
for two years. What my my thoughts on drug testing and drugs have uh, been very evident throughout the course of the past eight months with the whole situations with different fighters that we referred to. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the whole drugs situation and fighters taking drugs and enhancing themselves and all the rest of it. But he's now had his suspension lifted. He's back. He wants to push on for a world title. I've got to assess it based on what I know uh, of of Kid Galahad and where I think he can go. So since since he's been back, he's not really thought anybody of no. Did you have any initial thoughts about his career from the super bantamweight division leading up to where he's moved up to featherweight and obviously the whole situation around him failing that drugs test? Um, uh, the the, the Jared Dickens fight was uh, was a good fight for him. I thought that was a real marquee name for him. Um, I think Jared, I don't think Jared even fought Wigan down yet. So. I think that might have even been Jazz's. It was Jazz's first defeat, um, and that was a, that was a very good win. I mean, that that for me sort of made stand up and notice kid Galahad, and I thought, okay, this kid's showing good skills. He's got that, you know, he's got fast jabs, and he, he can move his feet well, and he, he looked the part. Um, and then obviously, he, as you say, he did move through the, through the levels, um, and he looked good. He did. He stopped a few. Uh, I think one in particular retired was it Fred? Uh, I'm not even going to pronounce his surname, but um, yeah, it, it was looking looking very classy. Um, and it was just a matter of when he makes that next step. And then obviously we had the failed drugs test. Now which I believe he blamed his brother. He said his brother gave him tainted water, and that's why these results came back as they did. Um, I'm a bit the same. Sure, I, I, I struggle with guys that have failed tests. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not keen on it and I think that I think sometimes the boxing fans can can forget about it you know someone will find a drug test and then sort of six to twelve months later it's almost like they didn't you know I, I can't do that I, I'm just one of those people I will try and look I, I'm not one to look at exactly what they've taken and, and try and figure out what, what what's worse than the, the rest at the end of the day they are all bad um, his camp uh, most of the time people will blame certain that they didn't realise it was on the list um, when I, I don't believe that from what I've heard is, you know, your trainer will get all the information that they, they will send you bot via your phone as to what exactly you, you, should, you shouldn't be taking. And and I, I suppose when it comes to injuries and stuff, there are certain certain elements where, you know, you're going to take certain things, but you need to just put it forward and say, look, I'm going to take this. No, if you're not sure, ask, you know. Um, but then on the other side of it, you know, you can blame, we can blame Kid Galahad for failing the test. You know, he's using his brother as a scapegoat here. Whether that's true or not, we just don't know. But what I find difficult is the punishment. I mean, he gets a two-year ban. He's back in, what, six months? So you can't blame him for the punishment they're dishing out. So somewhere along the line, something's not right in the system. Um, and it even goes as far as Canelo in terms of his failed test. And, you know, my thoughts are that I still believe that Canelo has been cheating for a long time. That's just my personal opinion, you know, going off the subject here. But... Um, it's in the sport, but we need to figure out a way of being able to clean this up completely. Because for me, Kid Galad's tainted. He is tainted, and he will always have that against his name yep. in my eyes. Um, but as you say, look, the, he's done. He's done his ban, and as, as I say, you can't blame him for the punishment he's received. You can blame him for making mistakes. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we, as I said, we've got to wipe the slate clean, and we've got to go forward and just see what, how he develops as a fighter. Yeah, and, and that's the way we've got to objectively look at this situation, regardless of how we feel about the drugs testing situation and drugs in boxing as a whole. We've got a fight here which people are looking forward to, and, and it's, it's the chance to give our view based on what we know about these two fighters. So, obviously, we've talked yeah. about Kid Galahad up until he was banned. He comes back. 
and he comes back in 2016 and he gets a string of three TKO victories uh, a retirement in 2017 of Lionel Hernandez and then he fights for the IBF Intercontinental Featherweight title this was the rankings title that has got him into a position to fight Josh Warrington because he, he won that title puts him automatically into the rankings and then he's won three further fights after that in 2018 and now we're here we are 2019 and we've got this fight with Josh Warrington which is brilliant because you've got to think it's an all Yorkshire clash it's not just the case of Josh Warrington fighting somebody from Spain or Josh Warrington fighting somebody from America he's fighting somebody that practically lives on the doorstep you've got Sheffield versus Leeds here essentially if you were looking at it in football football in terms this is what we've got it's a great fight for, for boxing fans especially in the UK because you're getting to see two of the best featherweights go at it now moving forward then let's talk about both men in terms of how are they going to win this fight because this is quite an interesting topic of, of how we feel this is going to go down and starting with Warrington it's it's quite easy to sit here and say, well, all Warrington's got to do is fight the way he's fought in the past two fights because that's what's got him to where he is. It's not just about that. He's got to be very, very smart. He's going in against a slick counterpuncher here. He's got to work his way with educated pressure onto the inside of Kid Galahad. He's got to be very careful what he does because he could get caught with a lot of shots going in on the inside. And that's one thing... I believe he is quite susceptible to as a fighter, and that is why I I feel that if Josh Warrington's gonna gonna win this fight. I think he's gonna have to work his way on the inside. He's gonna have to be really clever, look for different angles, sidestep his way in if he has to. It's gonna be quite a technical fight, I think, a lot more technical than what people uh, are giving it credit for. And I think people that really know boxing will will exactly say the same thing. You're not going to expect a tear-up in this one. It's going to be very technical, and I think it's going to be like a chess match. Oh, yeah, especially the opening few rounds. I think you know they're going to have that feeling out stage, aren't they? Um, I don't believe Josh is going to go in all guns blazing. I think he's going to try and assess his situation, work out a couple of puzzles with Kid Galahad and see see what he's throwing. And, and, and as you say, work in different angles. That's that's vital for me. He can't be just coming in straight lines. If he goes in straight lines with Kid Galahad, he can pick him off because he's got a quick jab, he's got fast hands, and he's got good feet. And he's got a good brain. He's, he's a clever fighter, kid. And he's got, you know, he's come from the Ingle gym um, and they're all very slick, very slick fighters in terms of when they get to this stage. Uh, and, and you're right in terms of don't expect to tear up, especially in the opening rounds. Um, and, and it will just be a feeling out period. For me, I think uh, Josh is, I just think his chin's solid enough um, to, with, to, to literally close that gap down quick enough. I think he can get in there and, and he can disrupt Galahad's rhythm um, and he can walk through his shots. I do believe that. I think he's got a very, very solid chin. Um, and, and, he, and we see that with, with the Lee Selby fight and the Carl Frampton fight. But I suppose for me, the, the way he approached the Lee Selby fight, he, he broke his heart. He, he didn't allow Selby to get in any rhythm whatsoever. And I think that's basically what he's got to do against Kid Galahad. Kid Galad, on the other hand, has got to be smart. He's got to be clever. He's, I think he's got to fight on the outside. If he does try to go toe-to-toe with Josh, I think Josh wins the fight. So it is interesting. It's really intriguing. As you say, you know, they're both Yorkshire lads. It's, it's almost like a derby, isn't it? Sheffield v Leeds. Uh, Sheffield United just got promoted. They, they, they pit Leeds, didn't they, in the championship race? So, you know, there, there's, there's a rivalry there in a way. And obviously, Leeds, he's going to want to do it for Leeds because obviously Josh being a big Leeds United fan. So I just think with... with uh, 
crowd behind him. Um, it's, 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 it's a tough one. It is a really tough one to call, but I just think Josh is just going to walk him down and eventually he will get to him. I don't think he's going to stop him, but I think he may just, just shade it on points. In the end, he could even break his heart and just and Kid Galad could even just say that enough. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened later on, uh, and then maybe Ingle pulls him out. But uh, it's it's a fascinating, really fascinating fight. There's nothing in their in their records. They've you know they've both you know what 28. I think Josh has had 28 fights and uh, and Kid Galad's at 26. There's nothing in the age. I think Kid Galad's a little bit older, similar height. It's just got all the makings for a fantastic dust-up on the domestic scene and obviously world scene as well. Well, I think looking back and and both of the resumes, you've got to give Warrington the slight edge in terms of the experience of opposition he's had. Level of opposition, obviously today, uh, you know, over the past 12 months has been fantastic. You know, two former world champions he's fought there two former world champions he's dethroned one dethroned one and defended it against another former world champion so for me he's he's done a fantastic job of getting himself to where he is for Kid Galahad then in terms of how he's going to win this fight if he is going to win this fight he's going to have to be as you rightly pointed out he's going to have to be trademark Ingle Jim very slick very slick on the counter he's going to have to be throwing them combinations in getting out really quick before Warrington has the chance to set his pace, set his rhythm, he's going to have to work on the back foot a lot in this fight. If Warrington's coming forward, either in straight lines or in angles, he's going to have to fight a lot on the back foot. I'll be very surprised if Kid Galahad comes out and tries to take centre ring early. I would be very surprised to see that. And I don't think that's the tactics that they'll employ in the corner. Dominic Ingle, you know, he's a trainer in himself and he's very respected in what he's achieved as a trainer himself. And I think he knows that to, to beat this guy, you've got to outbox him. And he can outbox him. They can do that on the night. But it depends on, on how they both perform on the night. They both can do it. They've both got the abilities to do it. But it depends on, on which Kid Galahad turns up and which Josh Warrington turns up. And if both of them turn up to the highest of levels, we're going to get a, a, you know, a fantastic fight. But Kid Galahad, to win this fight for me, he's going, to have to, he's going to have to be really clever. He's going to have to be very much picking the punches and making sure he gets combinations off and then making sure he's doing it very classily as well. I mean, one of the old Sugar Ray Leonard tricks was the last 30 seconds of every single round of a fight. He'd throw combinations into to make it eye-catching to the judges. That's the type of tactic you need to see Kid Galahad employing against a guy like Warrington, who's going to come forward all night long and has got this great chin, as you say, and I think he'll be able to take them punches on the way, and I really do. But you've got to think about if, if Kid Galahad's going to win it, he's going to completely have to outbox him. He really is, and, and that's the only way he's going to do it. you got to remember, it is actually in Leeds as well. It's at the first direct arena in Leeds. It's in the home crowd. The majority of the fans are going to be Warrington fans, and the, every punch that lands from Warrington is going to get this humongous shit. Of course it is. And that can sometimes sway the influence of the judges. Although it shouldn't, it does. So there's loads of little factors to, to think about on the night. But that's my breakdown of how I think Kid Galahad wins this fight. In terms of predictions then, you've kind of already given yours. You've said that Josh Warrington, you think just edges it in this one. 
and I'm not going to disagree with you on this one. I'm not going to go against the grain because when I think about the fight and I think about who's going to win the fight, I go with Warrington straight away. My head says Warrington's just going to have that extra experience from the past 12 months is really going to put him in good stead to, to, to fight a guy who's, you know, with all due respect, fought guys that nobody's really heard of in the past 18 months. So these guys that he's been facing, nobody's heard of them. Yeah, they've got pretty decent records, some of them, but nobody's heard of these guys. We've heard of Carl Frampton, former world champion. We've heard of Lee Selby, world champion till Warrington beat him. These guys have had great calibre of opponents. They've shared the ring with some fantastic fighters. And for me, for Warrington to have beat him and to have done it emphatically and to have already beaten a guy with a similar style to Kid Callahad, I can only see I can only see a, a unanimous decision for Josh Warrington on Saturday night. Uh, I, I'm with you, mate. Uh, I can't. I just can't see Kid Gallagher. I mean, I, I will always. Uh, for me, it comes down to Josh Warrington's attitude. I think, even if he is a little overlooking him a little or he's dismissive of him, I don't believe he. It may come across that way in public. I think he's expressed the fact that you know the the drugs thing. He, he's not. He's, he's on that hasn't he so it's almost like the good guy against the bad guy yeah. I think that's what he's tried to use and I think he's done in a, in a way that that's quite smart because you know it's a way of sending the fighters or people are going to watch it because people are going to get behind Josh with the home support as well I think as soon as Josh gets into that ring I think with that atmosphere behind him they are literally like his 12th man like if you like on a football pitch you know they're the 13th round or whatever you want to put it he is literally going to just you know, everything else is out of the window. It's just he wants to beat this guy. And I, I think I, I think you're right in terms of Kid Galad needs to try and nick those last 30 seconds, keep away from Josh. I just don't think he's going to have enough to do it. I think he, the Lee Selby is the blueprint for the fight, if you like. It, it is literally very similar in terms of Lee Selby and, uh, and Kid Galad, although Kid Galad, there is a slight, slight style there, but they are very similar. They like to fight on the outside. But I think if he, he, he will just break his heart Josh I just think once someone, like you say he's going to throw the can he's going to have to work the body Kid Galad obviously or I say that I mean Josh probably needs to work the body more than anyone I mean he needs to get right in him and sort of stop Kid from moving around the ring as much as he's going to he's going to want to fight on the outside but I think Josh is just going to be too strong I think he's it is literally, you know, you look at as last year he's had, I don't think he's going to just let, throw it away with, with this fight. No disrespect to Kid Galahad. I think he's a good fighter. I think he'll learn a lot from this and he'll come back a better fighter. But Josh has just got the experience and I just think he's got, got the know-how and he's, he's going to get the crowd behind him. And I just think he's just, he's not going to dismiss him completely when he's in that ring. He's going to take him very seriously and, and he'll get the win. And I think, I think he'll do. I wouldn't be surprised. Again, again, I'm a decision in Josh Warren's favour. So that's it then, guys, for the Josh Warrington, Kid Galahad section. And we'll move on and briefly touch on the actual card itself because there is a couple of tasty little fights on that undercard, to be fair. And the chief support to this particular main event is Zelfa Barrett and Leon Woodstock Jr., fighting for the vacant Commonwealth Super Featherweight title. Both men picked up losses recently. Both men have been in with levels of opposition which I feel have not helped their careers and people might not like me for saying that, but it's true. I felt like Zelfa Barrett's a Manchester prospect. He's a guy I've watched for a few years and I felt to myself, you know, this guy's gonna be this guy's gonna be the next top kid. But yet for me, he's I don't feel like he had the, the, the right resume. He fought a lot of guys with losing records records before he got in with Ronnie the Shark Clark and lost to Ronnie the Shark Clark after getting dropped for the first time in his career last year so as soon as he stepped up to that level that's when he I wouldn't want to say he got 
got found out, but he got caught cold a little bit there, and that was where I found the... Uh, it was a bit humbling. I think it was a humbling loss for him, and then he's come back and had two fights against Edwin Tellas. Both of them, he won the first one on points and won the second one via TKO a little earlier on this year, and now he goes in against fellow super middleweight... Super middleweight? <laughs> super featherweight prospect <laughs> in... Leon Woodstock Jr., who himself also was at a similar stage of his career. He'd had some great victories going into the fight, but again, they were against guys of losing records until he came up against undefeated Archie Sharp last year. And when he lost to Archie Sharp, he's come back and he's beat Sergio Gonzalez. Again, 50-50 record. So they've both had the little comeback fights, and now they're fighting each other, which... I believe he's a great fight for boxing. It's a great fight for the super featherweight division. And it'll tell us which one of them will probably go on to bigger and better things when it comes down to, to titles and whether they can push on past domestic level. I think it's a great fight. And it is one I am looking forward to on this undercard as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being the fight of the night, to be honest with you. When I, when I was looking at the car, this was one that jumped out at me straight away. Um, as you say... Uh, Leon Woodstock, um, obviously losing to Archie Sharp, was a tough, tough defeat for him. I mean, that was a good fight, to be fair. Um, and Leon, he is, he's had some tough fights. That Craig Poxton fight was a tough one for, yeah, for Woodstock as well. But, um, you know, he, he can mix it up a little bit, Leon. He, he can fight on the outside and he, he can get on the inside and have a good tear-up and all. Um, so he's got something, I don't know, I just, I edge towards Leon, but then... Just like you say, with 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 Zelfa, uh, the brand flash. You know, I, when I was watching this kid, I thought he's he's, he's going to be a, a future star. I was with you. I, I, just his style, he looked good. But as you say, I just don't believe he was guided right. I think I think the lose. You know, didn't you do talk about losing records? I mean, his resume doesn't look great, does it? And he has. You know, he, he's fighting guys that really should have. He should have moved up a level a few years ago I'm not quite sure about the ins and outs of that but it, it's a really good tasty fight um, I mean they're ranked I think Zelfa's ten, uh, ranked number 10 in the UK and Leon's number 11 so you just can't split and they're both 25 you know they've had I think uh, Zelfa's had 94 rounds Leon's had 64 it, it's, it's a close one to call um, a great fight for us to watch and I think it, again this could start off a little bit slow but I think you know, it, as a, it could be a slow burner but this this, is, this could develop into a proper, <laughs> a good old uh, slugfest towards the end, um, where they're both just going to be desperate to win it. Um, Zelfa, obviously, is going to, uh, you know, it's a tough one. <laughs> As I'm talking, I sort of think maybe Zelfa might get it. I really don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a great prospect, this fight. Um, and as you say, the winner can can now well, you know can move on in the division, and you know maybe uh, <laughs> look at getting sort of getting those rematches with, with the guys they lost to would be Ronnie Clark or um, or Archie Sharp and try and um, maybe just 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 get rid of that that loss on their resume but it's it's, it's too tight to call really um, I, I I can't pick them I, I'm just stuck on the fence I, I'll literally sway from one minute to the next and come fight night I'll probably change my mind again so <laughs> I, I, it, it is either way this could be a split decision someone could even get flattened I really don't know um, but brilliant I mean it it's great it is a great card to add to this night and um, it, it, it definitely get the crowd hype for, for uh, Josh Warrington against Kid Gallard later on. So also on the card we've got undefeated 19-0 James Metcalf going up against the returning Jason Wellborn who we've seen fight Jarrett Hurd not a few months back. They're fighting for the vacant Commonwealth Super Welterweight title. Another Manchester prospect a guy I've been banging on about for quite a long time London Arthur, 14-0 light heavyweight, is fighting against a guy whose name I'm not going to even try and 
pronounce. I think it's Andrea Soldra, who's 15-6-1. And, and another guy from the same gym, from Pat Barrett's gym here in Manchester, in Moston Collierst, who I feel like he's another guy who needs to be pushed up in terms of level of opposition. He's a guy that I've told the listeners before to go and check out, and I'm telling you again, do check him out. But he is also a guy I want to see him in with some legitimate heavy light heavyweight contenders now. I think he's, he's done his apprenticeship. He needs to be pushed forward. I know they're trying to keep him active, and I appreciate that's what they're trying to do with him, but we really need to see him start pushing on now in his career. He's been on a few of the Frank Warren undercards as he's signed with them. Also then, on there, we've got Troy Williamson, 10-0 and with one draw in his record, returning. A good, interesting heavyweight clash that's happening on there is 10-0 Alex Dickinson against Camille Sokolowski. The guy that dropped Lucas Brown a couple of months ago, a danger man, a guy whose record doesn't really do him any justice, so that will be quite an interesting fight for people to tune into and then the card is then made up uh, of guys uh, like Jack Basin 9-0 currently one of the Sky Scholar prospects I don't know if anyone remembers that that sort of Sky Scholar scheme that they were doing a couple of years ago Jack Basin's 9-0 he's from Leeds also uh, Oldham's Mark Heffron 22-1 and looking to return to the ring to get back to winning ways former MMA fighter who transitioned over to professional boxing Jack McGann who's currently 2-0 and with one draw in his record he's back against legendary journeyman Kevin McCauley and then we've got Shaquille Thompson 3-0 against Alistair Warren so quite a stat card we won't get to see all of these fights on the main show but quite a few of these guys will be on the undercard for anybody that is attending the show on Saturday night and it's actually a pretty decent card I think the three main fights obviously Metcalf, Wellborn, Barrett and Woodstock Jr and Warrington Galahad and they're the three that most people will be tuning into so I'm really looking forward to it I think it'll be a great night obviously it's a double We've got another episode coming out as well, which is going to be Fury versus Schwartz. We're going to be talking about that and breaking down some of the heavyweight stuff. But Johnston, have you got any final thoughts uh, about Warrington versus Galahad before we call it an episode? Um, not really. I, I just I hope they you know put on a, a fine performance for us to, while we were watching and in and um, and just yeah, I I, I, I literally I'm not going to say I'm backing anyone in particular. I'm not I'm not a fan of Kid Galahad because of the situation. Previously, you know, with the Ted, with the drug test and that, but I'm not going to let that bother me too much. End of the day, I just want to see a good fight. Um, <clears throat> I believe Josh is going to have, have the tools to finish off Kid Galahad, but who knows? Eh? Who knows? Anything could happen. Um, and if he does take him lightly, then uh, that would be a bad, bad move from Warrington because Kid Galahad's got the skills and he's got the ability to be able to beat Josh if he does go in there and underestimate him. But just put on a fine performance for us watching in and uh, good luck to both lads indeed good luck to both lads it's going to be a great night in Leeds and great night for Yorkshire in general so that's the episode guys if you've enjoyed listening to this preview of Warrington versus Galahad please go and check us out on social media at BTR Boxing Pod and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcast you can subscribe to us on Podbean Stitcher Spreaker Player FM even Spotify so what you're waiting for get over there get subscribing check out all the other mini series that we do I hope you enjoy Warrington versus Galahad Who's going to walk out with the Yorkshire man bragging rights? We'll find out on Saturday. Nothing's stopping me. His confidence is going to change. I will not stop until I've won. I just believe I can just do everything a little tiny bit better than him. Do whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever I've got to do on the night, I'm going to do to win. When I hit him, he's going to have a shock. A massive shock. Never been rocked. I've never been hurt. 
It's not going to happen. From me fight, you're going to get right. robbed. And I'm going to rip that title away from him in his hometown. Getting that ring, you know, he's going to get a shot of his life. <laughs> You've got to give it to Barry how daft he is, you know. <laughs> we're not here to make friends, you know. It's a business, you know, we're in the hate business. Always the true Barry. You don't need to take it personal. No, just speaking to men, he just smell like his breath smell like booze. But he's living the life, you know, he's wanting about. Deluded. Absolutely deluded. He calls you a professional, isn't he? That's why he's world champion, and he's not. He's a wannabe football hooligan. Can't argue with idiots. Might be in his head. He's an emotional guy, isn't he? Should I hit him or cuddle him? If I'm in his head, that's even better. To get beat by this kid, you will not be able to hold your head up in Leeds again. And make sure you're in no later than 10 past, because he might only go three rounds when he knocks him out, yeah? No, it's the Dom Ingle show. <laughs> it's not an opinion, it's facts. 100% clean. 100%. Let's just hope he's 100% clean as well. The band from sport. Sport. For duck cheating. Keep off that marking powder. Sport doesn't need people like that. We need characters. We need entertainers, but we don't need people like Barry. Cheating, he's cheating. Simple as that. No, no, no. Don't do it. Okay, first, Look at you. Yeah. You're wound up over nothing. I told him when that first goal goes in, you're in trouble. The lads would always torture him for 11 rounds and stop him in. Last night would be a perfect scenario for him, wouldn't it? We could say that Barry's going to knock him out. He probably will knock him out. When he's fighting me, this is going to be the hardest fight of his life. And he knows that. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.